the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. You like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the chapter leader of uh, the Corona chapter of Act for America, nationwide grassroots national security organization. Great re- to be with you. A revolution is a fundamental change in political power or organizational structures that takes place in a relatively short period of time when the population rises up in revolt against the current authorities. And there are so many reasons, our intro music listed some of them, of why this country needs a revolution, a ballot box revolution this time. And we're pleased to have on the phone today with us a revolutionary who wants to carry out that revolution. Tim Donnelly, welcome back to the show. It's great to be on with you guys. It's great to have you. You were running for the congressional, uh, 8th Congressional District, and uh, I assume you're out on the campaign trail knocking on doors and putting up signs as we speak. I am in the middle of all of those activities, but I found time to pull over in an abandoned garage and sit in the shade for a few minutes (laughs) and have a conversation but yeah, I, I feel like I live in my truck right now, and uh, I have everything I need. Uh, <laughs> but it, but it's a it's a crazy race to the finish line, which is uh, coming up here real quick. That's right. The roller coaster, the revolutionary roller coaster, the political roller coaster is picking up steam into Tuesday. How's it How's it looking there? Well, it's looking pretty good if you judge based uh, on two two factors that we've been able to to bring, take into account. One is how much money my opponent is spending and all of his special interest supporters, and it's a ton. And and then the, uh, the just the reaction of, of people on their porches on uh, when we phone bank and call them, and uh, everywhere we go, people are saying, yeah, I just voted for you, or I'm planning on voting for you. Um, there's not a tremendous, powerful, emotional connection that the incumbent has uh, established with the people. Now, I wasn't. I mean, he has all these special interests paid for radio and and TV ads, eighty percent of which talk about his very admirable service during the Vietnam War back in the nineteen sixties. How about uh, his more recent service in Congress? What about that? Well, it, it, it's interesting how he uses his service from forty years ago. And as you said, uh, I've even done an ad and said, "Hey, we're grateful for your service." As a country, we're, 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 we're indebted to you. But what's that got to do with the last four years in Congress is exactly the point. What are you really trying to hide? That, that's what I'd like to know. And the more we dig into it, the more we find. Every time you turn around, he's 
he's voted for a bill, whether it's a massive omnibus spending bill that basically looks like the the uh, utopian dream of Bernie Sanders uh, or or Barack Obama, you know, funding Barack Obama's entire agenda, funding Obamacare, funding sanctuary cities, funding you know 1.7 billion to move illegal aliens around, but not out of the country, and then of course 300,000 unvetted refugees coming in in one year from the Middle East under Obama's refugee resettlement program. And when people hear that, when they hear that he voted for it, and then they look at the, the, the deluge of mailers that cover their kitchen table as they're getting ready to make this decision, they're like, well, this guy said he was really tough, and then he voted for this, and he voted for that. Well, it turns out all those votes were just a shell game. He voted for a lot of good bills that are dead, and then he voted for the one bad bill that got through and got signed into law that funds all of these things that he claims he's against. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, how the, that's how the politicians try to manipulate things, is they'll, <clears throat> they'll vote for something that's not going anywhere, so they can say, yeah, I voted for this, but the bill that really mattered, the one that had to go through, the budget, the spending bill, then that's the one he, that's, he supports that, and exact opposite to the other bill he's now touting, and saying he, he voted to try to restrict refugee immigration, they can't be vetted, who can't be vetted, when he then turns around and funds it with a different vote. And that's so how the ruling class, the professional politicians, play the game. Yeah, and they, and they usually get away with it because they, they don't have an effective opponent. But, but right now, we, we are living in a different time. We're living in a time where people have had it. They're sick and tired of these games. They're onto the games. And, and, and they feel deeply betrayed. They're out there working. They're out there taking care of their families. They're out there trying to just be Americans, assuming that the person they're paying a gargantuan amount of money for is basically having their back and doing what he said or what she said. And in the case of, of my opponent, Paul Cook, and in the case of almost everyone in the political establishment, the ones who gave the Pelosi-Ryan budget a standing ovation, they're getting screwed. And they are being betrayed. And they're right to be angry. Nancy Pelosi said about the Ryan Pelosi budget, quote, I feel almost jubilant about what is in this appropriations bill. Democrat yeah, Senator Chuck Schumer. It, Go ahead. I can't, call it the, I can't call it the Ryan Pelosi budget because that would almost make it sound like uh, the Republicans are in control. The Republicans don't know they're in control. So I now call it the Pelosi-Ryan budget because the priorities have been laid out by Barack Obama and Nancy Pelosi. Good point. And while you guys were chatting, I looked around the web to find out what uh, Paul Cook's voting record was. Congress, Conservative Review uh, evaluates all sitting uh, elected officials in the Senate and in the uh, Congress for their voting record against a matrix of conservative priorities. And interestingly, Paul Cook pulls uh, what they're giving him an F of 43 percent. Uh, contrast that to people like Louis Gohmert uh, and uh, a, a few others of his ilk that actually pull uh, above 95%. That's a big difference, Tim. Well, it's huge. And, and Conservative Review yesterday came out with something on a, on, a, on a vote that basically rubber stamps and endorses Obama's transgender bathroom mandate that is now going to penalize any federal contractor, anyone who does business with the government, if, if they don't actually endorse and support and comply with Obama's sexual identity politics, his whole agenda, then they lose their contracts. 
They can't do business with the government. Paul so, Cook voted for that? Paul Cook voted for that. So did a whole bunch of other, even the guy that endorsed Paul Cook, the guy who I used to think was a conservative, Tom McClintock, who has something like an 88%, which I think is what a B, solid right. B or a B, B plus from a conservative review. He voted for it. All, almost all of the Freedom Caucus voted against it, but it's, it's, it's hidden in the little recesses of H.R. 5055, and we sent an email out on it because I was shocked. Why in the world, first of all, forget about it even being the transgender bathroom mandate. Any mandate. As if we need more government, more regulation, more restrictions, more, more government controlling us and, and doing social engineering via, via uh, contract. It's, it's, a, it's offensive. Well, you know, uh, we gotta we gotta take a break here. But on that note, I would just to say I'm sure that the California Assembly is missing your no vote on a bunch of stuff that happened up in Sacramento this week. From anywhere from, you know, voting for the labor board to be able to cite businesses uh, without an employee complaint, all the way to uh, you know some gun regulations. But now we want to get you up to the Congress, so we're gonna have more about how things are going up with on in the campaign trail and other issues that are coming up in play. Uh, with Assemblyman Tim Donnelly, who is running for Congress in the 8th Congressional District. We'll be back after a, a message from our sponsor this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Ed is a great patriot, and we appreciate his support. More with our revolutionary Tim Donnelly after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We're the program that keeps up the conservative activism while Rush and Prager and Hewitt take the weekend off. We're talking to Tim Donnelly. He is a former assemblyman and congressional candidate for the 8th District. Uh, he is out uh, on the campaign trail right now. Got to, to pull over during this hundred degree heat so he could have a little chat with us. Uh, Tim, anything that you're you're hearing or seeing on the campaign trail that you uh, think is particularly noteworthy, given uh, you know this 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 political season of the insurgency? What are, what are people saying? Are they uh, are you finding people in that area are just fed up and wanting change, or are they even paying attention? A lot of people are not paying attention. A lot of people are too busy with their lives. And sadly, they will make their decisions based on, and, and the political establishment knows this, they'll make their decisions based on whoever reached them with the most amount of mail or the most amount of TV or radio ads. And in, in my case, we're, we're walking doors 
we we're phone banking. We have a we have a ton of volunteers, almost a hundred people making phone calls for us all across the state. We, uh, but but and and we're also doing radio ads. We're also getting one mail piece out that is going to be out uh, in and in people's hands just before election uh, to the poll voters. And what what people seem to be the most upset about is being taken for granted or being treated, you know, as if they're a fool. And and this business of our representation being bought by special interest instead of someone who will represent their interests. Mm. Well, in fact, I st- you have a video of uh, one of Paul Cook's staffers admitting that he used tr- bases his vote on on his contributors, specifically the XM Bank. Yep, it, 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 that exists. Uh, they tried to cover it up. They they've pushed really hard to to suppress that all across the internet. It's amazing what you can do when you have money. And uh, we're 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 astounded at the, this is this is what has struck me. I'm astounded at the lengths to which Paul Cook and his ilk, i.e. establishment uh, politicians, will go to defend themselves and their seat and their their pension. But they won't take that same fight on the issues we sent them there. They won't take that same fight against the Democrat and the socialist agenda and the Marxist progressive agenda of Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi. They won't stand up and fight Obamacare. They won't stand up and defund sanctuary cities. They won't stand up and and defund Planned Parenthood. But they'll sure as hell go after a guy who they can't control, who who is a threat to their own particular political future. Speaking of pensions, I understand one of the uh, important reasons that uh, the incumbent might be so aggressively fighting for this seat. Isn't, Isn't there a time period now where he actually vests in the pension that Congress has coming up over the next two years? Evidently, he, uh, Paul Cook has told one of his biggest uh, supporters that he just wants to be in until he gets his pension, and and he would get it this this term, and then he could retire in 2018. I can tell you that is probably true because I I met his wife Jeannie, or I didn't meet her, but I I, I encountered her at an event in Yucca Valley, and I went up to her and I I said hi Jeannie, it's really nice to see you, and she would not shake my hand, and she said it's not nice to see you. Wow. And everybody at the table was shocked. But given how much is at stake for them personally, it's amazing, once again, the effort and the energy that they're expending. And none of that effort has been expended to actually produce any kind of a record. I was thinking about it. Here you have a table full, you know, two or three inches of mail pieces, all of which cost, let's say, ten or $20,000 a piece to mail. You, you've got all that expense, all that uh, rhetoric. They're all bullet points. But almost none of it are real accomplishments. They're, hey, I voted for this bill, and this bill did that. I voted for this bill, and I voted for that bill. They don't tell you those bills are all dead. They don't tell you those were symbolic votes. Where's the real reform implemented? Did, did he reform the VA? No. Did, did he actually fight against sanctuary cities? No. He made one little vote that, that was a safe vote. But the reality is he doesn't care. And, and and I think that has struck a lot of people that they thought they had a good Republican in there. And they're discovering that being a good Republican is really being sort of a moderate Democrat. Well, uh, Cook is a guy who just, he, he does what he's told. Leadership wants him to vote he this way. Order. He votes this way. <laughs> 
How about his donors? I mean, I, I've, I've written this on, on blog posts. Is what is what is the agenda of Cook's donors, and is that the people's agenda? Cook, Cook's biggest donors are unions, both public sector and private sector, and they are contractors who have contracts before the government. Sounds like establishment insider uh, donors to me. Hey, look if you if you sell your soul and sell out the people's seat and and our representation, you can write yourself a blank check. If you do the campaigning the way I do, uh, you're you're going to lose a lot of hair and you're going to lose a lot of sleep and you're going to be exhausted from walking and putting in your own signs and r- cutting your own ads and raising money the hard way, one person at a time. Uh, but you know what? We're making real connections to people that will be in place afterwards should the people actually entrust me with their vote, and they'll be able to reach me, and they'll, and they'll have a connection because I'm in the community. Cook will go to things here and there just to pretend that he's there and then make sure the papers cover it. Time for another message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, uh, sponsor of this half of Unite IE Radio, place to go for your real estate lending needs. Ed's a great patriot. We appreciate his support. More with Tim Donnelly after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt, or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. John Basil Barnhall said that where the people fear the government, you have tyranny. Where the government fears the people, you have liberty. And Tim, you've made this point a number of times. Well, sure. And, and you know, one of the biggest concerns about, you know, of, of most Americans, most of the people we're talking to is actually being secure in, in their communities, actually being secure when they go to work or when they go to church or when their kids go to school. And right now, people have figured out that the government not only can't protect us, but for politically correct reasons, they won't. And, see, when you put somebody in there who's part of the establishment, they'll never fight political correctness. Because political correctness is what drives their donor base. They, they want a nice, safe uh, political discussion that doesn't actually go out of the boundaries of what they consider to be propriety. So we can't actually call Islamic terrorism Islamic. We have to pretend that it's just extremism, that it includes people, well, like you guys. I mean, you're a member of Tea Party groups, so, you know, you would be on the list of potential terrorists, just just as equivalent to uh, Islamic jihadists. 
A lot of people don't realize it, but when Janet Napolitano was the head of the Department of Homeland Security, she had a document created called Countering Violent Extremism, the Threat of Right-Wing Groups. And in it, she outlined everybody from returning veterans to constitutional conservatives who could be potential threats uh, and in the in the context of this report, terrorist threats, um, which you know obviously were not. There may be some extreme a, a, a extreme group out there or two, but the vast majority of stuff that happens in this country is either due the threat is either due to Islamic terrorism, uh, it's due to out of control inner city Chicago. Do you know Compton has had uh, three times the murder rate? Uh, so far this year than they had last year. I mean, our inner cities are coming unglued, Tim. Well, look let's let's go back let's go back to the to the precept that the government has identified you. The, the four groups are returning veterans. They are uh, people who oppose abortion. They are people who uh, are members of Patriot or Tea Party groups, and people who love liberty too much. Those are the four groups that she identified. Uh, Janet Napolitano identified in that report. Here's the, here's the problem. They take that seriously. They ignore Islamic threats to the point that political correctness within the Department of Homeland Security caused them to shut down the investigation into Syed Farouk that was started back in 2012 when he was hanging around people who wanted to go over to Iraq and Afghanistan and kill our, our, our soldiers. So when what's the greater threat? To me, the greater threat is the government and their politically correct agenda to where it has infiltrated the national security agencies that are supposed to secure our communities and keep these threats at bay, but they've decided that you are a greater threat than the real threat because they don't want to, they don't want to be called names. How do you see your role if you're elected and sent to Congress? Is, do you see it more than just going and voting the right way on the various bills that come up? Look, let's let, let, let's be very clear. The, the 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 greatest threat to our future is the government. So I intend to go in there. I'm not going there to pass laws. We don't need any more laws. We need to repeal laws. We need to increase our freedom. We need to get the government the hell out of our lives. But but the but the key thing, and and to go back to that that whole classification of these four groups of terrorists. See, they're going to use that to disarm you, to to basically infringe your natural fundamental right to defend your own life and your family from a threat. Well, in this case, the threat is the government. So we need somebody in there who will expose what's going on, somebody who will use the bully pulpit and, and, and organize people and educate people and wake them up. And then, just like what Donald Trump has done, use the media. Don't be used by the media. Use them to communicate with massive amounts of people so that the truth begins to get out in a pipeline, whether they like it or not. I have an idea for a new law. How about a law that says if they want to pass a new law, they have to repeal three? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> I think they'd have to repeal ten. <laughs> well, yeah, something along those lines. You, you, you mentioned, you know, we, we, we talk about the threat. We had the biggest terrorist event in American history since 9-11. Uh, right here in San Bernardino County, are people you're talking to, do they still remember that, or has that now faded into the past? I, I, was, on a, I was on a doorstep yesterday with a woman with two, ch- two kids. She, she told me that the, the refugee issue 
bringing refugees over here and guns. Those are her two issues. And she didn't look the part. She didn't look like, you know, one of the so-called terrorists <laughs> in uh, Janet Napolitano's list. But she is deeply, deeply concerned about the future for her kids who were uh, both under the age of nine and busy getting, you know, muddy in the front yard, which was kind of cool because, you know, I have all boys. But here's the thing. When I told her that the current congressman, Paul Cook, had voted to bring 300,000 refugees here in a single year. She didn't care whether or not some of those refugees are deserving and whether or not they're in jeopardy and whether or not they need to get somewhere else. She cared about the 10%, the 30,000 potential terrorists that could kill her family, her husband, her children. Wow. You know, is, what do you say after that, except uh, it, it's a real head scratcher that uh, the terrorist fam- uh, families from San Bernardino are potentially going to receive a quarter million dollar life insurance policy benefit. If we needed a new law, then we should have a law that says if you commit a terrorist act, you and your family are not welcome in this country anymore. Go find another place to live. Yeah, that's like asset forfeiture. You know, we hear all these horror stories, and that's another area that needs to be reined in is the uh, uh, use of asset forfeiture without, you know, evidence of guilt mm-hmm. where the where the government can come in and just take stuff away. Um, that's another area. Thank you, Tim. That's um, ludicrous. That's every- an abuse of power. Everyone out there, vote for... Tim Donnelly, vote for Paul Chabot, vote for people who will uphold the Constitution and overthrow the corrupt establishment in Washington. We'll be back with someone who attended the Unite IE Conservative Conference after this message from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. You know, Greg, one of the things that we talk about is the importance of not only getting people out of the stands and into the, onto the playing field uh, so that they can, you know, start getting engaged in saving the country and all the issues we talk about weekly is the importance of getting that next generation involved. And one of the things we did at the Unite IE conference was we tried to reach out to local colleges, uh, parents uh, to bring their kids, bring their young students, high school age, college age, so that they could hear here uh, from the speakers and we got word that uh, one very enthusiastic attendee from the Unite IE conference got really motivated really turned on by what they heard uh, she is was a senior now getting ready to go into college her name is Kat she's from San Diego and we're going to welcome Kat to the radio show to hear a little bit about what she experienced down at the Unite IE uh, conservative conference this past March Kat welcome to the Unite IE radio show yes, welcome Thank you. Hello. Well, it's great to have you here. Let's start out by telling the listeners a little bit about who you are. You uh, you grew up in San Diego in a family. You said your mother was conservative, but you had a liberal influence, didn't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I still do. Half of my family is, you know, the, the tea partiers like my mom. And then my uncle and my aunts are kind of commies, basically. I mean, I love them. Wow. They're, they're very far left. So this must make for some interesting Thanksgiving and uh, holiday uh, conversation then. Oh, yeah. I mean, we tend to avoid that when we're together, but I definitely get some strong opinions 
from both sides. So they're allowed to share their opinions, but you have to keep yours to yourself? Um, well, I mean, when I'm around um, my my left-wing family, I tend to keep it to myself just because we're not really going to get anywhere because, you know, I'm libertarian and then they're voting for Bernie Sanders. So we're, we're not... I'm not really going to convince them on very much. But well, you know, sometimes I asking... I like to make certain points, and then they just kind of uh, shut up for a minute, like they know that I got them. Oh. Well, you know, sometimes asking questions can be more effective than making a statement. Yeah, yeah. You sort of ask, I guess, rhetorical questions, or you ask them something that will get them thinking a little bit. Do you do you think uh, ten trillion dollars of more spending will will help workers and the American people? How is that oh, going to get paid yeah. for? Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, we're just up to our ears in debt, and they still think that we should be spending more money. In two thousand fourteen and fifteen, they brought in more than three million legal and illegal immigrants. Do you think oh. that's too many? Oh, it's way too many. No, but, but, but if, if, I wonder if you asked your liberal relatives, if you asked them that question, what would they say? Well, if I asked them that, they'd probably say, oh, but they're stimulating the economy, and oh, they need jobs, these poor people coming from Mexico. You know, Dolores, the maid, needs to get some more welfare. She needs to be on Obamacare. So, of course, they're going to support it, even though... Well, maybe. The next next question would be, do you think that, uh, to your relatives, do you think that 3 million new um, people in the labor force is going to affect the wages and jobs of American workers? Yeah. Econ 101. So do you, amongst your peer group, you're uh, you're approaching uh, now 20, you're going into college. Do you uh, do you uh, ha- are you alone in this? Do uh, your pe- does your peer group are they aware of what's going on politically? What kinds of conversations do you have along those lines with them? Well, it depends. I mean, there's quite a few people my age who are you know, obviously Bernie people, but then there's also a few uh, libertarians and conservatives here and there. And I just had a political theory class this semester, so we had a lot of varying opinion. I had one friend who's like me, you know, he's very influenced by Milton Friedman, Murray Rothbard, and so on. So he and I kind of clicked on that, but then you also had a few people who were um, heavy Bernie supporters, so it's kind of varied. It depends on where you go, but I'd say there's probably a left-wing slant overall, just because young people tend to be like that overall. This is great. A, a young lady that pays more attention to Milton Friedman than Beyonce. I'm loving it. Oh, God, I hate Beyonce. I hate her music. I mean, I love her sass, but, you know, I just I can't stand the music. I'm like, turn it off, please. Have you been going to government-run schools, private school, homeschool? Um, well, I started out... Um, when I was young, I went to a private school. It was kind of a, a left-wing school. You know, they were into the alternative learning methods, but I at least got to skip ahead as much as I wanted. Then I went to a public school, which I absolutely hated. I hated everything about it. And then I started homeschooling, but I took classes at the local community college instead just because I didn't want to be stuck at home all day. And that's when I really started to like going to school because I got to be around adults. So I enjoyed that a lot. Had you been politically active at all prior to going to the Unite IE conference? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
It's funny, I've actually gone through a transition for a significant period of um, my life. I was far left. Like, I was very, I was almost a communist. You know, I was reading Karl Marx and Bernard Shaw and so on. But then when I took my first econ class, I sort of started to change when I realized that, hey, maybe capitalism isn't the worst thing in the world. It's actually a good idea. So that was kind of what, um, broke the ice, I guess, what started me out. Greg, I, f- I feel like I'm talking to a 30 or 40 something person <laughs> year old than, than rather than, uh, you know, a, a late teenager. Well, certainly she yeah. knows more than, uh, than most, uh, you really do most people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I spend a lot of time with adults. I don't really like people my age cause they honestly tend to bore me a lot, but I get a lot of exposure when I go with my uncle to, his ECSD dinners, and then I um, I get to hear a lot of, you know, far-left opinions, so then that kind of had an influence on me, and now it's turning me even more away from it. Perfect. Well, you attended the Unite IE Rate uh, Conservative Conference in March, and we want to get your feed, based on the, the background that you had coming into that, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on what you experienced and how that may have, uh, you know, altered any of your uh, thoughts or worldviews as a result of that experience. So when we get back, more with Kat, a student down from San Diego who attended the Unite IE Conference after a word from our sponsor. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car if you have an accident, because they are truly the king of rock and roll back after this when you're on an auto accident you want quality repairs done as fast as possible all you need is all-star for over 20 years all-star collision and corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity they offer free pickup and delivery free estimates and they're approved by all major insurance companies they repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, where, like Will Rogers, we thank God we don't get all the government we pay for. <laughs> that would be a horrible thing. We're, we're, we're talking to Kat, a student from San Diego who attended the last Unite IE conference. So um, what did you think of the conference and how did that affect you? I really had fun. I definitely enjoyed going. I initially wanted to go because I really like Larry Elder, and I heard that he was going to be speaking, so I figured I'd check it out and see how I liked it, and I enjoyed it. A lot of the people there had good things to say, and it spoke to a lot of what I was thinking when I went. It spoke to a lot of my opinions that I still have, so yeah, I would recommend for anybody who's thinking about going to go because it's fun. How did it affect your activism or what you were doing politically, if at all? 
Well, it didn't really get me more active than I was before. I mean, it gave me additional opinions, which helped, but um, it was mainly just for me to go to hear people who were like-minded, who sort of, they, they just had things to say that I had agreed with, and I, I don't know, it didn't really make me politically active more than I was, but it just kind of stimulated me, like anybody who went. Where are you planning to go to college? Um, I'm going to spend a year at community college, probably Santa Monica, and then I want to go to NYU or somewhere. I'm not exactly sure, but I'd love to go to New York. So at Santa Monica, you're going to have a chance to actually maybe convert some people uh, over to your way of thinking. You think so? I don't know. It's a pretty liberal uh, city and uh, college. Oh, yeah, most of them are now. Well, that's you true. Know, you you can't, have a chance anywhere, but, yeah. You can't, can't get away from that. How, no. are, have you thought about how you're going to resist being changed because the professors and teachers, many of them, not all of them, many of them, will actively try to chain, to indoctrinate you into their leftist, Marxist, communist, whatever leftist you want to put on it? I've heard so much of that already. I think I'm, I'm done with it. You know, I've still... I read a lot of um, libertarian and conservative um, political figures and philosophers, so I think I'm I'm a little bit too hard nosed to be influenced by them. Just because I've seen the light and I realize, you know, I don't want more government intervention, so I don't think they're going to have very much power over me. What what else uh, besides Larry Elder? You went to see him. You, you're libertarian. Larry's a libertarian. What other? Uh, wh- which of the other speakers um, did you did you find interesting? And were there any what I'll call ahas that you got while you were at the conference? Anything that uh, that you you thought? Wow, I, I hadn't really thought about that or thought about it that way. Well, I really liked um, Trevor Loudon. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He had a lot of interesting things to say, and he was sort of talking about how our government's been largely overtaken by far-left people, and, you know, Bernie's been hanging out with communist leaders and how so many people have fallen for that, and he's got a new book out. Um, I forgot the title of it, but I think I'm going to check it out. It's and called the enemies. Like it's called the enemies within. Okay, that's that's it. The enemies within. Yeah, I, I think I'll I'll read it and see what it's about. But I I really liked him, and he gave a really dynamic presentation. And I liked what he said. He wanted to um, nominate, I think, Rand Paul as the. Was it Secretary of, of the Treasury? Yes, or it was. Yep. Of the Fed. Yeah, he wants to. Uh, he wants to, Rand Paul to grab his chainsaw and take it to the IRS code. Oh yes, that would be beautiful. No one person can really speak for a group of millions of people. To the but to the extent that you you know you interact with people of your age, do they understand that they don't have the country, the freedom, the opportunity that their parents had, and do they? What do they attribute to that to? Do they understand it's because of liberalism, because of big government, or do they see big government as their savior, given the, the, the problems of, the, of not having a good economy and not having good job prospects? I would say that there's some of both. There's definitely a lot who have fallen for what people like Bernie Sanders have to say, but then there's quite a few who realize that the government has 
infinitely stupid ways of spending our money and they don't want to be taxed more than their parents are and you know they don't want this illusion of free college you know they actually have a grasp of how economics works i'd say it's probably more common that you'll find um more left-wing thinkers among the younger generation but that's not absolute it sort of depends where you are and who you talk to any advice you would have to parents that might be listening to this to get their kids more uh, aware of the things that we're talking about, things that your mom did with you that uh, you think might be tools for uh, you know, other families to be able to use to get their kids steered in the right direction uh, politically? I'd say it's easy. Just tell them about all the stupid ways in which our government is spending our money and tell them about you know, all of the illegal stuff they're bringing in and how they're taking welfare and stealing our jobs and so on. And, you know, if that doesn't convince them, then I guess they're hopeless. But um. <laughs> Hopefully not hopeless. Uh, you know, our country really is depending on your generation and those just ahead of you and behind you to, to uh, you know, take on the mantle of maintaining liberty and freedom. So uh, hopefully we, we get an, a, a lot more folks like you that have the sense, the worldview, the common sense to be able to uh, carry these ideas forward. Yeah, I'd say it kind of depends on everyone, but definitely younger generations. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. I hope that more of them will see the light and realize that, you know, liberty is a really important thing and that the Constitution should have more influence than people like Hillary Clinton. I just I wish you well in college and <clears throat> in your career, and I hope that you don't just go through college, but I hope that you are a troublemaker, a rebel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely a little bit of a troublemaker. Push I, their I buttons as much as possible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rattle them in their safe spaces and trigger them mightily. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Well, we're going to have to stay in touch with you as you uh, enter Santa Monica College. We would love to uh, hear what adventures uh, you ex- what you experience, what adventures you encounter, and uh, keep us keep us updated. Yeah, yeah, you can call me or email me anytime you want. I'd be happy to talk to you. Maybe you can get a, a chapter of Young Americans for Freedom uh, started on your on your campus so that you can have oh, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I was trying to do that on my school now. I, ha- I actually had a couple friends who are part of that. One, my friend Alex, he's part of Young Americans for Liberty. The The club didn't really come to fruition, but um, there's there's a few people who are working on it. So I hope that they'll go far when I'm gone and I can start one at the next place I go to. Yeah, start a blog, Radio Free Santa Monica or um, Cat cat Behind Enemy Lines or something. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, document. Behind the enemy line. That's it. That's a great idea. Document your adventures. Well, Cat, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Thanks for attending the conference. I'm glad you heard about it and that your mom uh, took you there. Well, bless you, and uh, we look forward to having you back so we can hear about your continued adventures. Cat, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you. Have a great day. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. 
They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. The last couple of times I've had Donald Trump on, I have been asking very specifically how serious he is about his agenda. He gave his list of judges. He promises to rebuild the military, promises to balance the budget. He promises to fix the VA. He promises to to go after radical Islamists. He promises to repeal Obamacare, be energy independent, all of the above, negotiate better trade deals uh, and all of these things. How realistic, as you listen to that, you and I have discussed nationalist, populist, slash conservative. I think every item I've mentioned is conservative to me. Do you think that agenda is doable after Obama? And would, do you think, Congress, you can get those things done and fix the country? Sure. Why not? All right. Why, why, Look, this is what America is all about. But okay. Let me give you a media side story. Um, 1957 or 1958, the Green Bay Packers have the worst team in the history of the franchise. Worst team ever. Vince Lombardi comes in the next day, or in February of the next year. The very same worst team creates 15 All-Pro and seven Hall of Fame players. No change, not personnel changes, leadership. Now. If Trump is prepared to recruit turnaround artists for every single cabinet office, if he's prepared to insert energetic, tough-minded people in all of the 3,000-plus presidential appointments in the federal government, if he's prepared to work so closely with the House and the Senate that they end up doing what he wants despite themselves, <laughs> you, could, you could buy next to and that's, that's what it's going to take. 3,000 positions. That was obviously Newt Gingrich on with Sean Hannity earlier in the week. Uh, Sean's question was, can Trump do it? And the answer was yes, if you're prepared to do all those things. And you think that 3,000 may sound like a lot, but that's on top of this vast federal bureaucracy of millions of people. Right. But But it's putting those key positions in. It's been said that personnel is policy. So when you have a dedicated, someone who's dedicated to Trump's revolution, we talked about the revolution. So every day that they go to work, they're pushing the revolution. They're pushing to make government more efficient, more effective, and the servant of the people, not the overseer of the people. Then you can really, those 3,000 plus can accomplish something because Trump can't do everything. He's only, he only has so much time. So it's those people that he appoints. And it's also us out here. Because the easiest part of this revolution is almost at an end. We're the nomination. The second hardest part of this revolution to make America great again is going to be to get him elected. The really hardest part 
is going to be to really do it once he gets elected. Well, and this is just it. You have been a a, a Trump supporter from early on. Uh, I have been slow to move over into the Trump column. Uh, to me, Trump still represents a question mark versus the known quantity of Hillary Clinton and what she brings, which is a third term of Barack Obama, incompetent and uh, misguided foreign policy, uh, a legacy of a person who is a congenital liar. You know, William Sapphire wrote an article back in 1996 that he was excoriated for at the time. Can you imagine in 1996, as First Lady, William Sapphire in the New York Times writes an article calling Hillary Clinton a congenital liar? So, you know, this stuff has been with them. We know what we're getting with Hillary Clinton. Um, We know, you know, to a certain degree what we're getting with Donald Trump. There is that big question mark. And and, you know, one side of my brain says the question mark is better than the known, you know, quantity of Hillary Clinton. Is there any question what I'll do on November 7th? No, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are the people. On November 7th, I'll be pulling the trigger for Donald Trump. There's, there's no question that you have to vote. Well, that's true. And that leads into, to another point I wanted to make is that the down ballot races matter. So even if you don't, so even if California, that's for right. example, in November, if it looks like the Democrats going to win as usual, then and there's no Republican in the Senate race as, as may happen. But it's really important that you get out and vote for like Tim Donnelly. For Paul Chabot, these other races of good conservatives that are running, and we can help get them elected, even if the statewide races are are decided. Absolutely, it was one of the questions I forgot to ask Kat. I wanted to ask her: Had she already voted, or was she going to be voting on California primary here uh, coming up on June the seventh? Um, but you know, it's important that everybody get out and vote because those down races, as you said, are extremely important. Senate, you know, it's important to vote for uh, the. You know, we've got a U.S. Senate uh, op- opportunity to get. Uh, you know, my personal pick is Tom Del Beccaro up into the second position there. Yeah, I know. I never knew you were so good with the chainsaw. I know. How about that? Yeah, you know, we're referring to a video that uh, Don did on 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 Facebook for you know, on behalf of Tom Del Beccaro. So he's out there doing his uh, his gardening uh, while making a political points. Yeah, for for Tom Del Beccaro. We got a lot of dead wood in the uh, in, in the government tree, and it's time to cut it out. So yeah, I mean, voting on June the seventh very important, and uh, you know, as always, the other important thing to do is to get involved with groups in the local basis. Go to the uniteie.com website. And find the groups that are a part of this movement. We're, in, we're more effective as groups than as individuals, and the groups are more effective working with other groups through the coalition than they can be separately. Back with you next Saturday at 4 o'clock for another edition of the Unite IE radio program. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.